This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. I'd like for you, if you would, just to bow your heads with me as we honor the Lord here for just a moment. Heavenly Father, it's with reverence that we come before you during this portion of our service. We thank you for the word that you have revealed or made known unto us, so that not only that we can know you, but that we can also honor you and obey you. And we know that with that obedience comes reward and comes blessing. So Father, as we sit here today, as it were, at your feet, teach us your ways and help us to understand the plan and purpose that you have for each and every one of us. Let us not become weary in well-doing, Father. Not let, let us faint in the time or day of adversity, but Father, help us to be strong in you and in the power of your might. And we thank you for your blessing here today in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. All right, if you would just go ahead and be seated, that'd be a blessing. I want to mention one more thing to you for this Wednesday night and also on Sunday. Well, I'm not sure how long it'll last. It'll last at least this next week. We're tearing out uh, this driveway and it's going to be being re- redone. So there's no entrance from this north uh, way in. So everybody will have to come in from the south. It's easy enough. Amen. And then you won't have to go do the thump thump when you are coming up the driveway anymore. I thought there for a while we were all going to fall in the abyss, but it's going to get better. Can you say amen? So we're delighted that you can be with us here today. We especially are glad for those of you that are watching online. We know a lot of folk, you know, during the holiday, they're out of town and things of that nature, and we get that, but you're here. And I tell you what, praise God, I'm glad for that because I'm going to preach the pain off the walls. And if you weren't here, my wife and I guess my son and his family would have to put up with me. But I am so excited to be able to share this with you today because, you know, each and every time that we have an opportunity to hear the Word of God, we need to, we need to not only reverence it, but we need to recognize that God is speaking to us. You know, I, I, I can appreciate the fact that we have a tradition or a habit, you know, maybe of church involvement or, or attendance and things of that nature, which, which should be. The Bible says that we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, and especially in these days in which we're living. But, but what's really important for you to understand is, is that the Bible is God speaking to you. And he's going to talk to you today. He's, I, I don't know, you know what your circumstance is, where you're at in life, what it is that you're doing, but I'm telling you the Holy Spirit is going to talk to you about your life. Because we know that God has a plan for every person, every man, woman, and child. You were not brought into this world by happenstance or, or, or coincidence. or You were brought into this world by design. And, and the truth of the matter is, is every one of us were brought into this world to glorify him, to magnify his name to honor the one who is the creator of all things. Hallelujah. Now, you know, I've heard recently, you know, people are adopting the idea that, you know, they're even amongst young people that they, they've decided that they're atheists. You know, they don't believe in God and this and that and the other. Well, I just want to give you a little bit of an insight on that whole thing. Um, <clears throat> whenever you need assistance in some area of your life, maybe it's financial, maybe it's career uh, guidance, things of that nature, y- you go to someone who's smarter than you. And you say, 
how do I do this? What do I do? I mean, my entire life now, 67 years of age, I've had the privilege of being able to bump into some pretty smart people that have been able to help me get my life figured out. How many of you know that's a good thing? So in other words, if, if you're without knowledge or you lack knowledge, you go to someone who has it, okay, so that they can help to assist and guide you because the reality is, is that in a multitude of counsel, there is safety, there's help, you know? So if you need, you know, I don't know what to do here, go find somebody that knows something about it because it, it literally will change your life. It'll help you and it'll bless you, all right? So I say all of that to say, that the scripture, now again, maybe you don't believe in the Bible, but just go with me on this. But there's a guy by the name of Solomon. The Bible says he is the wisest, he was the smartest man who ever was or would be. God had granted him huge wisdom, even though in the latter part of his life, he didn't act so smart. But God had given him wisdom. And we have a book called the book of Proverbs. Okay, Song of Solomon, some different ones, you know, that he had written. Well, in the book of Proverbs, the smartest guy that we know of made this statement. A fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Now, you can take it for whatever it's worth, but I'm telling you what, you know, how many are glad it rained? Huh? You know, the Bible says he causes it, he, God, causes it to rain on the just and the unjust. He can shut the spigot off or he can turn the spigot on. And all you got to do is look around in nature and know that there is a God. Huh? There is a God and he is the creator of all things. Why is that important? Because he loves you. He created you and he has a plan for you. So rather than, you know, discount, discredit, uh, scorn, spurn, however you want to describe it, this whole idea about God and what maybe he wants to do in your life, maybe we ought to just settle down a little bit, pull up a chair and say, Lord, what is it that maybe you have to say to me that can help me in my life? Because each and every one of us were brought here again by design. And he says, I know the plans I have for you. They are plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. I don't know about you, but that's a good deal. So if you're a young person, a middle-aged person, whatever your age might be, an old person, I tell you what, you ought to jump on that train. Get on that bandwagon and say, Lord, every day you get up and say, Lord, I know you've got a plan for my life. Now, again, you know, some of you say, well, you know, I'm a long ways down the road. I don't know that God, you know, gets you to a certain age and says, okay, we're done. Just whatever happens from here on out, it's on you. Now, I believe, praise God, until you breathe your last breath, that there is purpose, there is design, and there is the will of God for you in your life. Some of the greatest, hi there, see you later. I was going to have you introduce him, but you know, you're leaving. What's his name? Tell us, huh? Dominic. How much did he weigh when he was born? You don't have to come back. He weighed seven pounds, five ounces. Here, bring him here. He just pooped his pants, so to speak. He's a little guy. Oh, I thought that was something that was coming from his pants. That had me nervous. Look at him. Looks like his dad. And you. Yeah, I know you had a part to play. 
congratulations, you guys. Praise the Lord. Let's give them a big hand. Amen. So I really, uh, I have a huge desire to be able to impart something into your heart in, in the form of something that resonates and is real with you. And I don't care what your age is, because there's a plan that God has for every one of us, and we need to be listening. Now, I realize that there are a lot of wild and woolly and goofy things going on in the world, but, but please understand that none of this caught our Heavenly Father off guard. As a matter of fact, if you read in the scriptures, he tells you that all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. And so he goes on and talks about different things and what's going to happen and so on and so forth. So, so while there's fear and trepidation, you know, the Bible talks about men's hearts failing them and for fear of the things that are coming. If you don't know Jesus in the world in which you and I are currently living in, uh, I'd be afraid too. I really would. But if you're a child of the living God, born of his spirit, blood washed and blood bought, then you have nothing. Everybody say nothing. nothing. You, do, you have nothing to fear. Now, here's the thing. When I make that statement that's to you, it, it seems somewhat far removed. But I'm telling you that it is real, that you have nothing to fear. And I trust that you'll believe that. Praise God. You know, the devil lies to people and shows them this and that and the other, you know, and they get themselves fixated on, you know, one thing or another or a problem or this or that or the other. And uh, again, we have a heavenly father that loves us and he cares about us. And it, it isn't like, you know, he put his plan for your life on hold in the 21st century because everything was unraveling. You know, oh, well, you know, this is a bigger deal than I really realized here. So uh, maybe you're just going to have to hold off on that plan thing that I talked about with you. And I'm going to have to deal with it. No, none of it. None of it surprises him. He knows all about it. And the cool thing about it is, is that he'll take the church. He'll take the body of Christ. He'll take you, child of God, and he will navigate your life through all of the mess and all you have to do is just keep your eyes on him and obey him and do what it is that he tells you to do because you'll be okay are you listening to me how many of you believe that today how many of you're kind of wondering how many of you really don't know well it doesn't matter all right look at this verse of scripture with me let's took let's look at uh, psalm 96 psalm 96 I want to talk to you again this morning about the greatness of God. Hallelujah. He is great. Glory to God. You say, why is that important? Because if you see him for who he really is, it'll alter the way you think, you feel, you believe, and you act. It may not affect the feeling part of it too much, but it's important on the other three. Hallelujah. Psalm 96, verse 1, sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord, bless his name. Show forth his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the heathen, his wonders among all people. For the Lord is what? He's what? He's great. Hallelujah. He is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols. 
But the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Given to the Lord, O ye kindreds of people, given to the Lord glory and strength. Given to the Lord the glory due to his name and bring an offering and come into his courts. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before him all the earth. Say among the heathen that the Lord reigns. The world also shall be established that it shall not be moved. He shall judge the people righteously. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar in the fullness thereof. Let the field be joyful and all that is therein. Then shall all the trees trees of the woods rejoice before the Lord, for he cometh, listen, for he cometh, I said, for he cometh, he comes to judge the earth, and he shall judge the world in righteousness and the people with his truth. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm really glad to be on this side of redemption. I'm glad to be a child of the living God. Amen. I'm glad to know the Lord. Praise God. Because for people that don't know him, this is not going to be good, even though they have been given the chance. I want to talk to you, like I said, about the greatness of God, because I tell you what, uh, there is greatness in our God. How many of you know that? And there's greatness in Jesus. And guess what? There's greatness in you. Those are the three things we're going to talk about today. The greatness of our God, the greatness of Jesus, and the greatness that is in you. First of all, there's greatness in our God. And we looked at examples last week, you know, because remember the whole deal with Nebuchadnezzar and the three Hebrew children that went into the fiery furnace? When it was all over with and they walked out unscathed, unburned, no, no, no harm whatsoever because there was a fourth man in that fire. When it was all said and done, Nebuchadnezzar got up and made a decree, and he said, there ain't nobody going to talk ugly about the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Because if you do, I'm going to have you torn in pieces and make your house a ruin. That sounded really rewarding, huh? I'm sure nobody had nothing bad to say. And this is what he can... Now, you're talking about an unbeliever who has all kinds of gods and not that much farther down the road, he makes, an, he makes his own idol that he wants everybody to worship. This guy's a clown, okay? But here's his declaration and his testimony. He said, because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort or in this way. Nobody can do what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's God did. And listen, you serve that God. He is the Lord, the King, and our Savior. That God is the one you serve. In another place, you know, um, remember the story about Elisha and his, uh, his servant Gehazi? You know, Gehazi went up on the, you know, uh, you know, uh, wall of the city and early in the morning probably going after water who knows what you know and he's out there walking along and all of a sudden he looks out and he sees thousands of soldiers and chariots and different things of that nature and he comes back to Elisha who's probably just kind of getting up getting ready you know to have his first cup of java you know and, and getting ready to have a, a little cup of coffee there and he goes he says alas my master how shall we do how shall we do that's King Jimmy in other words what are we going to do he's, he's nerved up have you ever ran, ran into people that are nerved up oh yeah 
He's concerned. Why? Because he's threatened. They're threatened. He said, he said, they're everywhere. And Elijah answered and said, don't be afraid because there's more that be with us than be with them. Did you know this morning, dear friends, I mean, I don't know if you realize this or not, but there's more that are with you than whatever enemy that might be coming your way. I trust you believe that. You need to know that. God is on your side. The Bible says, if God be for you, who can be against you? Everybody say it together. The Lord is on my side. The Lord is for me. If the Lord is for me, who can be against me? You know, but that isn't always the necessary reality of our lives. You know, we're going, well, yeah, you're just quoting, you know, what the Bible says. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm quoting what it is he said. Why? Because I want to believe and choose to believe what it is that he said over whatever it is the devil and the world around me is telling me. Hallelujah. How shall we do? How shall we do? What are we going to do? He said, there's more that, that are with us than with them. Open his eyes, Lord, that he may see. And all of a sudden, he had a revelation. He looked into the spirit realm, and he seen the chariots of fire and the horsemen thereof, and he started shouting, glory to God. Well, that realm is just as real now as it was back then. And the same God that delivered them will deliver you. He smote them with blindness. And they went out there and they led the Syrian army into their own camp. And all of a sudden their eyes got opened up and they realized they were surrounded by their enemies. And Elijah said, feed and water them and send them home. Hallelujah. Sometimes we get so stirred up about whatever it is that's going on in our life. And I'm telling you, there is a God in heaven that wants to come alongside, praise God, do ma major mighty things to turn your captivity and turn the whole thing around. But so often as believers, you know, we're, we're stuck. You know, and all, what about this and what about that? And the human reasoning that, that is so often, so I know you said that, but you know, you got to get real. You got to see what's going on. I am being real and I am telling you what's going on. There is a greater truth to the kingdom of heaven than what you can see around you. Now, it does take some focus. It does take some intentionality where our lives are concerned to choose to believe him than, rather than everything that's going on around us. I don't know about you, but dude, I'm going to heaven. Now, I'm not sure when that is, and I'm in no hurry. But I'm just telling you this much about it. When this thing all gets wrapped up and God gets done doing what it is that he's doing, when we all get to heaven, that's going to be a day of rejoicing. Hallelujah. Are you with me? You say, yeah, well, what about right here and now? You know what? Praise God. If I can get you to believe the word of God, you can have heaven on earth. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be filled with fear. You don't have to be, you know, overwhelmed with anxiety. Hallelujah. Just like Elijah, you know, he just said, hey, man, no problem. Don't, don't be afraid. There's more that are with us than be with them. You know, we see all this stuff going on in the world. You know, there's a minute part of our culture and society that's making all this noise. I don't want to get into that, but that's the truth. 
You know, it's like when, when God delivered the nation of Israel out of Egypt, you know, he started out by going to Pharaoh and he said, hey, thus saith the Lord, let my people go. Pharaoh said, yeah, right, in your dreams. Let's make them work harder. And so, you know, the whole plague thing and all that was over with. Well, they finally let them go. And away they went and they got up against the Red Sea. You know the story. And then, of course, you know the people, they were all messed up about it and this and that and the other. But here's, here's the thing. This is what God said to this threatening circumstance in these people's lives. Listen to me. This can be the same thing that happens to you. If you're in a situation now where your life or your well-being or your whatever seems to be threatened, you can take this word and you can listen to this word and you can say, God, I want to take your word and receive it as mine in my situation. I'm telling you what, the Bible is a living thing. It's alive and powerful. And this is what God said in that situation. He said, fear not. There's a whole lot of don't fear going on here. Have you noticed? Because fear is the weapon of the enemy the adversary of our soul. And the opposite of faith is fear. And when you're not in faith, God can't move. But when you are, he can. He said, fear not. Stand still and see the salvation or deliverance of your God. So, dude, if you're in a situation right now and it looks bleak, glory to God, you are in the best spot you could ever be in because you are going to have an opportunity for God to show himself strong in your behalf. Nothing's too difficult for him. Are you with me? How many of you believe that? And so he said, stand still, see the salvation of God or of the Lord, which he is going to show you today. He said, because in just a few moments, that whole army, you will never see again. Isn't it great to have the option in being a believer that fears God, that when he gets done with your enemy, you'll never see them again? Amen. Hallelujah. You don't have to look in the rearview mirror, wonder whether or not they're sneaking up. No, they're going to be gone. Hallelujah. Because of what it is that he is able to do. Woo! Glory to God. Are you listening to me? You know, most of us, if you're a believer here today, you've had your own encounter with him. I mean, anyone that's here this morning that has experienced salvation, you've had an encounter with God. And he has changed your life forever, hallelujah, through that salvation, or maybe it's some other experience. I mean, somehow or another, maybe some of you got delivered from drug addictions and abuse, you know, substance abuse, or maybe it was alcohol, or I don't know what, you know, but, but God has done, maybe some of you got healed by the power of God. You've had these encounters, why? Because God is able, and he is so great to do whatever it is that needs to be done. He said, I sought for a man that would stand in the gap and make up the hedge, you know, so that I could bring blessing into that situation. And I couldn't find anybody. I, I tell you what, dude, shoot up a flare where your life is concerned. Say, hey, 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 I'm your person. Are you with me? Don't mope around. Don't wonder whether God's going to show up. Don't, you know, you know, be confused about this, that, or the other. I'm telling you, he's the same God today as he's always been. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Everybody say it together. He can change any circumstance in a moment. Hallelujah. So as God is faithful and we read in these scriptures, I mean, we could go on for hours of all these examples in the Old Testament and even in the New Testament where God showed himself strong. I mean, did amazing things. Can you say amen? We could do it all over the place. But as God is faithful to what it is he's promised, listen, we too, we also are to be faithful to him in these last days. You don't leave your wingman, baby. You remember the Top Gun movie back in 1986? Tom Cruise, you know, the whole deal. And he was, you know, cocky and didn't think he needed anybody and all this, that, and the other. Well, when you're the wingman, you're supposed to be helping to protect the lead airplane. And what he would do is, you're okay, you'll be all right, and he takes off and does his own thing. Well, we don't leave our wingman. We stay, we protect, we, we stay where we're at. We cover the back or we have the person's six behind them. You know, when it comes to your lives in marriages where your kids are concerned, you don't leave your wingman. You stay in the fight. Are you with me? And with intentionality, you engage yourself where your kids are concerned. You know, I was just thinking about this, you know, this last week. I had a, a certain situation that I was uh, uh, ministering in and things, and I drove away from it, and I was thinking to myself, you know, what, what, what's going on here? And I've come to realize that because of all of the pressure, all of the stress, all of the anxiety, all of the negativism, all of these things that people have their eyes fixed on, that the important things are being left undone. They're not being cared for as they need to be. In other words, what's happened is, is we've become so distracted by all these other things that we're not focusing on the things that are really important. Am I in the right house? You know, I'm telling you what, God created you, you're important. And then he created marriage, that's important. And then he created the family, that's important. And these are the things that need the attention that, that they need to be given to from us so that we can raise functional, healthy, whole people. Are you with me? And to love as Jesus loved. And, and to pour the love and the control into this. But a lot of people, they're not, they're not controlling anything. Because they got, so, they got so many plates spinning. And so many balls in the air that they couldn't possibly take the time to really focus on what's going on. It's time to let a lot of the plates break. And it's time to let a bunch of these balls fall. And it's time for us to really give consideration to the priorities of life that are really important. Can't take it back. It, because it's true. The culture that you're living in, and I'm not necessarily suggesting this is you, but I'm telling you, dude, people are so self-absorbed. It is so all about them that it's, it's ridiculous. And they're not responsible for anything for, because, my God, it can't be my fault. 
And so that you have all this irresponsibility. Nobody wants to be responsible for anything. Listen, you guys, you're not like that. You were not created that way. God put something in you so that you know right and wrong. And not only that, but he empowered you with the ability to have the kind of character that is, impo- that, that is necessary and is important to be able to carry out the things that you need to do so that you don't leave your wingman. Does that make sense? It's worth fighting for. Are you with me? You know, again, my wife, when we're getting ready um, in the morning, she's listening to Joyce Meyer, and, and you can't help but get involved in whatever it is that she's talking about. And I mean, this woman's life was jacked, like probably none of us know anything about. But here she is, 56 years of marriage later, 56 years of marriage later, almost 80 years old, still in a pulpit, and reaching the entire world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know why? Because she didn't quit. And whatever it is that was messing her life up, she sought the Lord and he fixed it. So I guess the point that I'm trying to make in all of that is that sometimes, you know, we think, you know, that our situation is impossible, and I'm telling you it's not. Now, it may look impossible, it may seem impossible, but I'm telling you, there's God in heaven that's got answers if we'll just decide to follow him. Can you say amen? The greatness of our God. You know, the Bible says not to cast away your confidence. We got a lot of people in the body of Christ, you know, these days that are, you know, throwing caution to the wind and just, you know, they're going to do whatever it is that they're going to do. Listen, I want to tell you, don't do that. Stay in the boat. Stay in the game. Stay engaged. Stay believing. Don't cast away your confidence. It has a great recompense of reward. Are you with me? Everybody say it together. The best is yet to come. Yeah, for you, the one who stays. Because it has a great recompense of reward. It goes on to say, for you have need of, what's the word? Patience in the King James, or endurance. We don't like that word very much. Huh? How many of you have a garden? How many of you know weeds grow in the summer? How many of you know your endurance can kind of wane? You say, why are you bringing that up? Because I got a garden. And the summer's on, you know, you, you get the whole point. It, you have need of patience or endurance that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and he will not, you know, uh, what shall I say, wait, I mean, in the, in the context of be tardy. Now the just shall live by faith. Because we're not of those that draw back into perdition or destruction. We're the ones that believe to the saving of the soul. I'm staying in the game. I'm going to continue to preach the salvation gospel of our Heavenly Father to anyone that will listen to me. I'm going to preach, praise God, about being filled with the Holy Ghost, being healed and delivered and set free. I'm going to keep doing what he asked me to do to go into all the world and preach the gospel, the good news to every creature. And so are you. We're going to do this together. We're going to stay in the game. 
Are you listening? We're not going to make excuses. We're not going to, you know, come, you know, and slide off into the shadows someplace. Praise God. Let's get it right up there in the middle of somebody's grill and be the people that God wants us to be. Can I get a witness? Come on. We're living in the last days. And so it's important for us to get after it. James chapter 5 and verse 7. You want to look at this with me? Um, James chapter 5, verse 7, it says, Be patient. There's that word again, brethren. Be patient or enduring, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waits for the precious fruit of the earth and has long patience for it until he receive the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient or enduring. Establish your hearts. For the coming of the Lord draws nigh. Establish your hearts. Another translation says, stand firm. Another translation says, take courage. Listen, in these last days, you guys, come on. We need to be strong in the Lord. And you can do this. You don't have to be weak in the Lord. You can be strong in the Lord. A big part of it is just the choice, the decision. Hallelujah. Yes, there's going to be things that come against us. We all know that. We see it happening. But I'm telling you what, praise God, stand up in the name of Jesus. Don't be ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. You know, I just want you to be the 8.3%. You say, who's that? Those are the ones that produce a hundredfold. When Jesus talked about sowing the word, he talked about the different kinds of soil, four different kinds of soil. And, you know, for various and different reasons, a lot of them didn't produce anything. And then you get down to the last, the last group in good ground. And some of those produce 30, 60, 100 fold. So of that 25%, 8.3 of them produced 100. And that's you. That's me. That's us. We're in the game. Are you listening to me? Amen. Hallelujah. You know, you don't have to look at, well, you know, nothing's happened over here and they don't do this and that. And that. So what? What, what, what? What's that to you, man? What are you going to do? What are we going to do? How are we going to live? Huh? I'll tell you how we're going to live. We're going to live as he would have us to. And we're going to take every one of those that we're concerned about and say, hey, you can do this too. God's got a plan for your life. Come on, man. You can be a 8.3 percenter. Hallelujah. And get in where you're producing a hundredfold in your life. How many of you want to do that today? I said, how many of you want to do that today? You know, it, it really isn't that much effort to really raise your hand. I mean, I know you're comfortable, but come on. How many of you want to do that? There you go. Hallelujah. Come on now. Amen. You know, sometimes you get so comfortable, you're just like, ah. but I got to keep you participating. Did you know there's greatness in Jesus? There's greatness in God. No question about that. There's greatness in Jesus. Look with me in Philippians chapter 2. If you could just back up there in your Bibles, or if you don't have one, look up on the screen. This message came this morning to me, so uh, Jim had no notes. And I just told Jeff to tell him, say, dude, you're on your own. Just keep up best you can. Notice with me, if you would, in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Let this mind be in you. One translation says, have this attitude in yourselves, 
So in other words, the Bible now is telling us how to think, okay? It's telling us what kind of an attitude that we should have. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. In other words, his equality as being the Son of God was not something that he felt was something to be held on to, but he was willing to leave heaven and come to this earth. Think about that. And he came in the form of a man. And being found in fashion as a man, as we go on reading, you know, making himself of no reputation, and being uh, actually in the form of a servant made in the likeness of men. Verse 8, being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. And he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, or because of that, God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. And every tongue is going to confess that he is Lord. Absolutely. Are you listening to me? Yes, there is greatness in Jesus. You know, he turned the water into wine. Any of you done that lately? No. This beginning of miracles did Jesus and manifested his glory. Amen. He turned the water into wine. He walked on the water. Any of you done that lately? Peter did somewhat. He raised the dead. He healed the sick. He cast out devils. He fed 5,000 with two fish and five loaves. He showed mercy and forgiveness to those in need. He brought salvation to a sinful and ungodly world. And he died so you could live. I'm telling you, Jesus is great. Are you with me? And we could go on and on. This list fails us even to begin to tell of the greatness of our Lord the Lord Jesus Christ. But this list, listen to me, this list declares some what of what it is that he did, but it does or says little of who he currently is right now, not only as, a, as, a, uh, as the God, but as your Savior. Are you with me? Huh? He did a lot of things back then, but guess what? He's doing stuff now. For people, praise God, that believe in him. Look at Revelations chapter 19 real quick with me, if you would, please. Revelations 19. Y'all glad you came today? Stay with me here for a little bit more. I'll let you go. I'm on page two. We have three pages. So we're doing good. Everybody say, yes, you are. Okay. Notice in, in Revelations 19, I want you to get a little picture of this. This is John. John, he all of a sudden has a revelation from heaven. And, and that realm is opened up before him so that he can see. And I'm telling you, it's as real as what you and I are seeing here, even more so. And this is, what he sh this is what he declares in verse 11. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as flames of fire. And on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon 
white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with the rod of iron or judgment. He, he, uh, and he treads the winepress of the with or of the, listen to this, fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh the name that is written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now we don't think about the fierceness and wrath of Almighty, but I'm telling you, it's coming. The likes of which you and I, there's no way that we can even describe what's going to happen. Are you listening to me? I'm telling you what, Jesus rules with all authority. And men can scoff, and they can mock, and they can deny, and they can do whatever it is that they want to do. But I'm telling you, there is a God in heaven that's coming again. And we need to be prepared for him. And he warns us. He says, you watch. And you be prepared, and you be ready, and you make sure that you're doing what it is you need to be doing. Because I'm coming again. And, that, and, 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 you know, that's not to uh, make people necessarily to be afraid, afraid. But I'm telling you what, we need reverence and fear of God. Are you with me? Because what I'm telling you is true. This is going to happen. Huh? Judgment's coming. And it's starting in the house of God. And in one sense, it already has. You know, we've had a lot of leaders that have ended up, you know, having failures and different things of that nature. And... It just, anyway, praise the Lord. So Jesus is pretty cool, and he's great. Now, with having said all that, you know, he really loves you. He loved you enough to come to this world and give his life so that you'd be here today. Hallelujah. We, it's so hard for us to get our head wrapped around eternity and, and timelessness. We know everything within the context of maybe 100 years or something of that nature. But I'm telling you, eternity awaits us all. It awaits you. So how much more should you and I be faithful right now, believing what it is that he said? Praise God. You know, tending our, tending our crop. You know, taking care of our garden. Making sure there ain't no weeds. Hallelujah. So that when he gets here, he can say, wow, good job. Way to go. Hallelujah. Come with me. Amen. That day's coming, my friend. And it's going to be awesome. Well, let's talk one more thing here real uh, quickly before we close. And that's the greatness that's in you. Hallelujah. Now, I didn't say you are great. Okay. I said the greatness that is in you. Not because of you, but because of him. That's what makes you great. Amen. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. If we're born of the Spirit of God, then he has come and he has changed our nature and made it like unto his, his own. Amen? So if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Everybody say, I'm a new creation. You know, if you're born of the Spirit, you're a new creation. Old things have passed away. How many of you are glad for that? Because for a lot of us, if old things hadn't passed away, we wouldn't be here. And I can include myself in that. So old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You know, maybe you're here this morning. You need a second chance. Maybe you need a third chance or a fifth or a tenth or I don't know what the number is. But I'm telling you what, God is the God of a second, third or fifth or tenth chance. Amen. 
You think about the prodigal son. I mean, you know, this guy, he was a knothead. He said, I want my inheritance. His dad gave it to him, way he went, spent it, you know, and, and just blew it. And then he realized when he was in a hog pen that, you know, he'd be better off being a servant with, you know, in his dad's house than where he was at. And what did his dad do? I'm telling you that is just like Jesus. I mean, man, when he seen him, he ran right to him, hugged his neck, put a ring on his finger, a robe on him. You know, why? Because he had this place. Dear friend, you know, if you're born of the Spirit of God and you've been out of the will of God, God has open arms. He wants you to come back into the sheepfold. He wants you to be a part of kingdom business. He wants to forgive and forget and restore and bring life back into your life. But he can only do that. You know, the devil will say, well, you know, you missed it. You did this. He'll never do this. You know, whatever. They're all lies. His mercy endures forever. And he is with open arms waiting for each and every one. And because of that, praise God, you can look to him. You know, I've, I've said this numerous times, but you know, God's got a plan for your life. And what you need to do is you just need to say, you know what? Um, that's what I'm going to be pursuing. Are you with me? I'm, I know a friend of mine, you know, when he was growing up, he just knew in his heart that he was supposed to be a lawyer, an attorney. And so that's what, that was his pursuit. And other people tried to talk him out of it, you know, and wanted him to do something. How many of you know what other people want you to do is not what you need to be doing? You need to be doing what it is he's told you to do. Are you with me? You know, I was just talking to, 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 to Glenn, my son-in-law, and we were talking about a guy by the name of Tim, Tim Ostrom. And um, this guy is smart, like out the roof smart. And he's out in the eastern part of the United States pastoring a church. And, and uh, he, uh, he um, what did you tell me? Was it the NSA? They were trying, the NSA was trying to get him hired to work for them. back some, And you know what he did? He chose to obey God and be a preacher. And I'm telling you what, he's plowing some tough ground in the east. Where is it at, in Connecticut? Huh? Washington, D.C. Oh, Washington, D.C. That's even worse yet. But I'm telling you what, here's a guy that could have done something else and God only knows make millions and millions, and he chose to be a preacher in a place. You talk about a den of thieves. He's right in the middle of that deal, but God has suited this guy for that place to do what it is he's doing. And I'm telling you, when it's all said and done, we're all going to stand up in the, in the bleachers and we're going to cheer for what it is he and his wife were willing to do for the kingdom of God. Are you listening to me? You know, and there are people, you know, over all these decades, you know, that, that have helped to, to build this church. They didn't have any reason to come out in no cornfield, but they did. And they helped us build something great so that our families would have a place of refuge, a place of solace, a place of learning, a place to be nourished up in the things of God. And you know, I'm telling you what, our future is so incredibly bright. Your kids is are too, right here in this house. And those people that have gone before us are the ones that made it happen, giving tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars so that we could have this house. And it's not about the money. It's just about God, you know, orchestrating and saying, this is what I've called you to do. My plan for you is for you to be the one that is generous and helps to finance the will of God and the plan of God. Are you with me? Amen. And I'm telling you what, he's done it in grand style. God is so good, and he's smart. 
So I don't know, you know, what, the, what plan God has for you. I mean, you, he maybe wants you to be the best doctor on the planet. You know, whatever. But it's so cool. I said, it's so cool. Everybody say, my future is bright. Yeah, your future is bright. Hallelujah. All right, well, listen, I got to try to come to a close. Actually, I lied. I have four pages. Uh, I don't have time to talk about that. David, man, here's a, yeah, I do. I, I guess I do. Here's this kid. He's a kid. He's the eighth one. You know, usually when you're the eighth one, they ain't much left. Everybody else, you know, gets this up here. Now, my son Brian, he thinks that he was, you know, terribly abused because he was the firstborn, and we were so hard on him, and we didn't do anything to Amy. We just, you know, she was whatever. He's still convinced of that. But when you're in a line of eight, there's not much hope in, in the context of you know, whatever, inheritance or whatever. But God took this kid, not because of just, you know, whatever. He did it because of his heart. He was a, he was a kid who was after God's heart. And God seen his heart. And you know the story. He went through all the first seven, couldn't find him, and says, we will not eat until you get that other kid here. And as soon as the prophet seen him, he said, anoint him, he's going to be king. I got a plan for your life. God's got a plan for your life. Are you with me? You say, is it to be a king? I don't know. But it's a good plan. Huh? He's got a plan. And we need to be pursuing it. Now, here's, here's what I want you to notice. This guy, little David, he goes out and kills this giant. Everybody think, heralds him as being the greatest thing since sliced cheese. Well, he didn't do that. God did. Right? He fought a battle for him. He says, you come to me with a sword and spear. I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord. And today, God is going to put your head in my hands with your sword. And he did. Now, there's a kid who believes in the Lord his God. And you can do the same thing. You can believe in the Lord your God. He'll do the same thing for you. If you've got giants in your life, if you've got mountains that are talking to you, instead of you allowing the mountain to talk to you, you talk to the mountain. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, not doubt in his heart, believe the things that he says shall come to pass, he's going to have whatever he says. Hallelujah. A lot of times what people, Christians are doing, they're talking about how big their mountain is and what they need to be doing is talking to the mountain about how big their God is. And that's just like you. Now, the reason I bring up David to try to close is because... On the way to the will of God, David went through hell. You say, well, I, I, I'm not really that interested in that whole dynamic. Maybe is there another way? Well, it may not be like his experience, but you know, when the prophet came and anointed him to be king, and he ended up in Saul's palace, and Saul saw the grace of God that was on him, he got nervous. And not only did he get nervous, but he got jealous. And not only that, he felt threatened. And all of a sudden, he started behaving like a wild man, a crazy man, and he was. You know, and so David, because he recognized him as the king, 
you know, and he honored him as the king, would never put his hand against him even though he had multiple opportunities to do so. The guy's trying to kill David and David will not do anything against him. Smart. He let God be the one to fought, who, who ended up fighting the battle. Are you listening to me? But my whole point to that is, is that on the, on the way to the will of God for your life, you're going to have some battles. The devil will try to take your kids. You know, it's like these, these homosexuals standing up, we're coming for your children. That's not their voice. That's hell's voice. Are you listening to me? And you know what you're going to say? No, you're not. You are not. You are not. Stand up in the name of Jesus. Are you listening to me? So on the, will, on the way to the will of God for your life, you will have some challenges. But you know what? It doesn't change God's plan for your life. Some of you, you know, you've went through some painful divorces. It happens. It happens. Some of you, you know, you've lost loved ones. Others, you've experienced financial ruin. Some of you, close friends of yours, very close, have departed. It happens. Or maybe they, they betrayed you. Jesus got betrayed. The guy closest to him, right here, one of 12, closest to him, betrayed him. What do you think that was like for him? We, we don't think about it in the emotional terms that, 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 that these things happen, but, but it, it, it was terrible. Are you with me? Maybe you had a promotion or a planned advancement and it failed. I mean, the list is long, you guys, but listen to me. This is what I want you to see. Then everything that I just described, even though these things happen to us, they do not define who we are. And they'll, it'll only happen if you allow it to. Sometimes you gotta, you gotta get yourself up out of the ashes and you gotta stand up and say, God, I ain't got no strength, but I'm looking to you and I'm asking you to help me and he will. Amen. Are you listening to me? David more than one time, he's going, God, what is going on here? This guy, he seeks my life and yet I, I, I have nothing but, but support and appreciation for him. Stay where you know you need to belong and be and God will vindicate you. And if something like that, I'm talking about divorce or something like that that's happened in your past and you, you can't seem to, you know, shake it or whatever, today, right now, let's ask the Lord to cleanse that whole situation out of your life. Maybe again, you've had a really close friend and they did something that really was hurtful or whatever the case might be. Let's let today be the day when God comes in and does what only he can to cleanse to remove, to wash, and to make you whole. I believe that God wants to do that. Can you say amen? Please stand with me if you would, please. <clears throat> Let's bow our heads. Now for just, in just a, a moment here, we're gonna pray, but I, I, wanna, I wanna just kind of posture or position our hearts here for what it is I believe God wants to do here. We come from all different walks of life and every one of us here this morning, we have a story. And like I said, within the chapters of that, that book of our life, you know, 
the chances are reasonably good that something that's been hurtful or painful, harmful, um, has occurred. And sometimes we have a really, really hard time shaking it. But I believe that our Heavenly Father is able to do just that. So I just want you to, again, position your own heart and your mind with regard to these things that have been in your past, that today is gonna be a brand new day for you, and that whatever it was that maybe once had hindered you will no longer have a hold in your life. And while our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, maybe you're somebody that's here today and, and I mentioned to you, you know, you just been kind of, you just kind of walked off into the shadows. Maybe someone <clears throat> has influenced you in a negative kind of way concerning your pursuit of the kingdom of God and the things of God and the church and, and, and relationships with people of like precious faith. Oh, dear friend, do, don't let them do that. Come back into the sheepfold. Maybe it's a situation where there's, I don't know, sin in your life, you know, and don't for another moment allow it to, to hold you captive. But let Jesus come right here, right now, and do something significant for you so that your life can be forever changed. Hallelujah. Father, I pray for those that are within the sound of my voice. I pray for those, Father, that are watching online. And God, I'm asking you by your Holy Spirit to come to them and visit them right now. Speak to their hearts, Lord. Help them to surrender and yield themselves to you, Father, in this moment, this hour, so that real healing and wholeness can, can, can begin to occur. And that God, the weight the weight, the weight, or even the sin that so easily disqualifies us, Father God, will be released from them and grace and mercy will flow into their lives in the name of Jesus. While your head is bowed, your eyes closed, this isn't for me, it's for you. But I'd like to say to you this morning that if any of the stuff I've described here describes you, and you would say by your up, uplifted hand to the Lord, God, that's me, and I'm making a decision right now for my life to be different. Can I see your hand wherever you may be standing? Thank you. Bless you, bless you, and bless you. Yes, thank you, sir. Anybody else? You know, the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. This is when it's time to get it right, you guys. Anybody else before we pray? While your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, I might mention this while we're at it. If you're here, you've never asked Christ to come into your heart and be the Lord of your life. But you would say by your uplifted hand, Pastor, I have an interest in your prayers because I want to know Jesus in a real personal way. Is there anyone here while we're about to pray? Anyone? Just raise your hand up high. All right. There's one. Who else? Okay, thank you. Anybody else? All right. All right, while you're standing there with your heads bowed, eyes closed, I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. Those of you that raise your hands, I want you simply to just let your heart agree with what it is that we're going to pray. 
And I believe with all of my heart that as you do and when you do, that Jesus is gonna come and he's gonna cleanse you from the inside out. He's gonna take the weight of whatever it was that once had you bound and he's gonna remove it and take it away. And your life will be different, hallelujah. Pray this prayer with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come today and I ask you to forgive me for my doubt and unbelief, for my sin and wrongdoing. And I ask you to cleanse me from the inside out. Restore unto me, Lord, the joy of my salvation. I thank you for your blessing. I want you to come into my heart and I want you to be the Lord of my life. And I thank you, Father, for doing what you said you'd do. In Jesus' name. Now, Lord, for everyone that prayed that prayer, I thank you, Father, for the witness within them that can come only from you, that you've done your work. And that, Father, from this day forward, you will help them to walk out what it is that you have done and accomplished within them. And that there will be no more worry, no more fear, no more care, no more anxiety. But, Lord, you will deliver them in a way as only you can. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. Praise God. You may be seated. And if you would, please, if you would prepare your communion um, elements there. Uh, we're going to receive communion together this morning. And I might mention, if you're here as a guest, you're welcome to join us. If you know Christ, uh, this is his table, not ours. And you are entirely welcome to uh, participate with us in uh, communion. The Lord Jesus, our King, he came to this world so that you and I wouldn't have to perish, but have everlasting life. And with his disciples, he set up a, I guess you could call it a memorial, which we call communion. And he took bread and he took wine and he said, this is my body and this is my blood. And he said, as often as you eat and drink this blood, you proclaim my death until I come. Hallelujah. Jesus paid the ultimate price for us. And what we're doing here this morning is we're recognizing what he did. And we're so thankful, aren't you thankful? Pray with me if you would. Father, we thank you for this that we hold in our hand. It represents the body of Christ. His body was broken, Father, mercilessly, so that we, Father, by those stripes could be healed and made whole. And God, to, together today, we pause for a moment to recognize what it is he did. And we thank you, Father God, in the name of Jesus. You can partake of the bread. And then, Lord, we thank you for this cup. Because without the shedding of blood, there could be no remission of sins. But God, you've washed us and cleansed us in your son's own blood and our conscience have been washed. Nobody can do that, Father, but you. And you've given us a rightful place within the kingdom of heaven, and you've made us your sons and daughters. And for that, we are so ever grateful and thankful. Help us, Father, 
to be those that believe. And we thank you, Lord, for your mercy in Jesus' name. Amen. You may partake of the cup. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Isn't he wonderful? Amen. There's a dispenser at the uh, doors when you're on your way out. If you'd like to just take those uh, communion uh, things there and throw them in there, that would be great. Well, you all glad you came? Amen. Let me mention one more thing. I think, as I understand, there was two people maybe that raised their hand uh, for salvation. Uh, and then, of course, there was quite a number of others that um, raised their hand for other needs that are in their life. You know, um, we want your needs to be met. We don't want it just to be church as usual. Well, I went to church, I'm okay. No, man, we want something significant to take place in your life. So having said that, we have made efforts to uh, train and help uh, some individuals to be able to uh, talk with others about the needs that are in their life, and they usually find themselves right over here. So uh, two things. If you, if you raise your hand for salvation, we really would like for you to come over and introduce yourself. They want to congratulate you on this decision, significant decision that you've made. They also want to place some things within your hands to help you kind of get started in your walk. Okay, and then if you got questions or if you need further prayer, you want something, you know, have them pray with you about, they'd love to do that. So those that responded for salvation, uh, I invite you to do that. The others that raised their hand, you know, maybe you just feel like you need further um, prayer uh, for the situation that you're facing, or maybe there's just some guidance that you're looking for. These guys can help you. You know, the Bible says that we're to pray one for another that we may be healed. And uh, so I encourage you. I mean, I know maybe, yeah, it takes a little courage, guts, whatever you want to call it. Eh, you know, I don't want to bother them. It's not a bother. We want to help you. And a lot of times the devil, he'll say, no, don't do that. You know, you don't want to be embarrassed or anything like that. Dude, that's from hell. Come down, let them pray with you. They'll help you and they'll bless you because they love you. Can you say amen? All right, let's stand together. We're going to pray over the meal. Is that what we're going to do? And then we're going to... Children's Church? All right. Y'all glad you came today? Y'all going to stick around and have a, 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 yeah, what is it, pulled pork sandwich? It'll be the best, dude. If you miss this, you miss half your life. So whatever, you decide. Let's pray. Father, during our time of fellowship around this table, Father, we ask you to bless the food we're about to receive. Father, it's with thanksgiving that we do so. And God, I thank you for not only blessing the food, but the conversations that we have. And Lord God, may you be exalted and may you be lifted up in our midst. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen.